Hey guys, this is Don't, Don't Take, Take Our Word For It. it. I'm Joanne. And I'm Michelle. And this is our very first podcast episode. Woo. <laughs> uh, so who are we, Michelle? Who are we and what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I, I've been asking that this entire time. <laughs> well, yeah, we're from, we're two Korean American girls from yes. Orange County mm-hmm. who decided to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And first I, generation. Yes. Actually. I'm first generation. Are you? I am first generation. Wow, wow, wow. What does that mean? That means... We have immigrant parents? Yes. My parents uh, immigrated here. Well, my mom did after she graduated college. Mm-hmm. My dad finished college here after he immigrated. Okay. And then they had me. Yeah. What about you? I actually was born in South Korea. Oh, really? Yeah. And then... I'm, But I came when I was two, so... Uh practically grew up here yeah but yeah that's so cool i did not know that about you yeah wow uh (laughs) we're learning (laughs) learning new things already awesome (laughs) so i mean the reason why we wanted to do a podcast uh was because i think there are things that uh we wanted to talk about yeah that might be a little intimidating or Mm kind of hard to bring up at times or just kind of Yeah, it's like not a natural topic that you would just kind of bring up at the dinner table or something that you would talk to your friends about, Yeah, at least for me. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, just anything that interests us. Yeah, yeah. We just need an outlet, really. (laughs) Really, this podcast is just Our creative outlet, yeah. Even if we have like two listeners, like my mom. Or my dad. (laughs) (laughs) But we wanted to make it more... Digestible, yeah. For something our more listeners. approachable, um, yeah. Just have fun with it. We'll yeah. See where we go. Yeah. And just disclaimer: we're not experts. Absolutely not on these fields. I, whether it be talking about politics, cultural references, the arts, science, anything. anything. <laughs> we are not experts, but we are all learning together yeah, here. I'm just a normal girl living in this world, just trying to make it. Trying to figure it out. You just Strugs to funk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, so today our first uh, topic is going to be about feminism. Yeah. Feminism. I'm sure there's a lot of lot of feelings coming up right now. It's a loaded all at once. Yeah. Very loaded word. Uh, There's a reason why we wanted to talk about feminism first. I think it uh, it's just becoming more of a talked about and yeah, it's definitely more. There's more awareness around it. There's more exposure to it. Um, and then just being girls ourselves, it's something that we can easily relate to. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny for me. I actually had to do a little bit of digging myself to mm-hmm. see what feminism actually means yeah, same, to me here, personally. Uh, there's a movie that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like it's been what a month or two now. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. Oh, is it an indie film? It no, seems- absolutely not. It's like a blockbuster <laughs> film. Just uh, Disney Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah but spoiler alert, uh, we are going to talk about oh, yeah. a scene in there if but, you, you know, haven't seen the movie at this like point. It's been like two months, and if you haven't seen okay, I, I won't shame anyone, but. <laughs> if you haven't seen it at this point, spoiler. Go see it. Yeah. And stop, then, pause. Yeah. Go pause here. Go see it. For about like three, 10 minutes. It's three hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's a three hour movie, so go see it. And then come back, back. and join us. <laughs> But yeah, there's a scene towards the end of that movie that very much had um, like a feminist undertone to it, or an overtone, I I should say. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. ahead. Mm -hmm. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where they 
are, uh, long story short, in the battle with Thanos, and they do a pan of all the female superheroes yes. uh, who are, who've ever been featured in any mm-hmm. major Marvel movie. Yeah. And they're all just, they're all supporting Captain Marvel and gonna go right. do this heroic it's kind feat. of this like Avengers yeah. assemble. Female like Avengers. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought when they did that whole pan, it was really cool because you see a lot of the female uh, heroes that got lost yeah. or kind of fell totally. through the cracks throughout the years yeah. and you got to see them again. Yeah. So to me, I thought it was a really cool just Yeah, panning. just to see it. Yeah. See them all working together and like in one shot. Mm-hmm. It was a little corny to be yeah, perfectly sure. honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, but it's a that, superhero movie. That ad-lib was a little corny. You know, uh, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's expect, Marvel. It's Disney. That, yeah. Know. Uh, but it's interesting because uh, some of my friends that I was watching the movie with had a very visceral reaction you know, to it. Same, actually. That that's yeah, so interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. One of my male friends said audibly out loud in the theater, "Oh my gosh, this like feminist scene. I hate it. I hate it. So so not necessary." And he was saying this wow. out loud in the movie theater. And this is like the climax yeah, of the movie, like this is you know. It's all going down. Yeah, and there's like teens around mm-hmm. us. These like kitty boppers and he's saying very loudly, mm-hmm all this feminist scene and that made me like upset a little bit yeah i would be too yeah of all this of everything to criticize this movie on yeah this is that one scene yeah it was so short maybe like five seconds yeah it was barely a 10 second pan i don't even think it hit 10 10 seconds. seconds it was so short yeah and i was like why is why was that necessary? You know, like, I'm the movie girl where, yes, I do like to chit-chat or, like, make little side comments Uh to my friends or whoever I'm watching with Uh once in a while, but not in a way where it's, like, disruptive to maybe, like, everybody within, like, a splash zone radius. Yeah. Yeah. Radius around me. Uh, And he had that kind of a reaction, and it it sat with me for Mm -hmm. a while. It kind of stuck and got under my skin a little bit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's interesting that you had that. Yeah, kind of I had a pretty similar too. experience. Not at the movie theaters. Oh, okay. But it was like afterwards. Uh, someone that I know, like we were talking about, and I was asking him like how he felt about it, and we were just kind of going back and forth, reviewing the movie, what, saying what we thought. But he also highlighted that scene as well, and kind of made it into like a joke, like oh, you know, feminism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like was it necessary? Mm-hmm. And he kind of had a very similar similar reaction to that Mm -hmm. scene which I thought was interesting and yeah and so I kind of probed him a little bit about it Mm -hmm. asking you know oh what was it about that scene that made you feel that way and Mm -hmm. you know what was his response and he said he's like you know just it's just so like blatant yeah like and it was so upfront and he thought it was corny which like I I I agree it was a little yeah like which I'm not denying that it wasn't but I wanted to go further and ask him like you know why is it eliciting such strong emotions from you because I don't think I felt that when I watched it it just was like oh like that's cool it's kind of corny but you know I see what you're doing yeah it's a superhero movie like I get it but I didn't I don't think I like had a negative feeling towards it or like such a strong reaction reaction to, to it. it yeah good or bad like exactly. i just didn't really have like a strong emotion exactly t- emotional tied to it but he did and yeah. so which is kind of interesting like having that conversation and and for me to like luckily it was like a very civil conversation mm-hmm. and i was able to 
like we were able to talk through it and, and for him to realize like, oh, I, maybe I did overreact a little, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 and I think that's kind of interesting to think about because like kind of how we talked about in the beginning yeah. with feminism being yeah. a loaded word. And it, it's a word that comes with or that will elicit a lot of different responses yeah. or reactions. Yeah, yeah. Like I what's agree. the gut feeling you get when you hear the word feminism is it a positive feeling or negative Mm -hmm. feeling right now it's super positive Mm -hmm. but I don't think it always was Mm -hmm. so that's kind of even in my personal walk Mm -hmm. it was interesting because yeah like I don't think it was always like a positive thing but right now just to answer your question it's like empowerment yeah even like unity yeah like those are the kind of words that come to mind yeah like representation representation exactly Mm -hmm. so it's just like a lot more positive connotations whereas maybe when I was in high school or like even maybe in college yeah college for me too there was a lot that's when I think a little bit of like man hater that was like yeah man hater like your phrase that was associated with feminism yeah Yeah. Yeah. and I'm like I don't hate men you know yeah but I think that's what was like the loudest like on the on the spectrum of people who are feminists or identify mm-hmm. with that movement mm-hmm. i think the most visible and the loud audible people were the ones who were hating on men right just like with the uh i think lgbtq movement they're totally. the people who are the most visible and audible are the people who are going on these marches right, creating scene like exactly kind of making, which like i understand as well where you felt so oppressed for however long mm-hmm. for how many years or even centuries and you want you know you want your message to be known mm-hmm. and so sometimes you do take maybe a little bit of extreme right there steps. needs to be like an attention grabber yeah bit, which yeah like i think if you look at it in a mature context mm-hmm. you you need to understand like why people are taking these measures yeah you know i agree i think there's a lot of negative associations with the word feminism actually mm-hmm. i think uh maybe not so much for women or for females or people who um don't really have an opinion about feminism but i think there are a lot of men or males out there that when they hear feminism they automatically feel kind of averse to that word yeah. uh some of the things that are associated might be politics, media, <laughs> Hollywood. Um. So do you think like oversaturation? Because right now there is a lot of a, like a lot of media campaigns surrounding mm-hmm. equality and feminism or empowering yeah. girls. Do you think that plays into how people are now having this Perceiving negative... It? Yeah, totally. I think I think whatever the media chooses to focus on is probably going to be like the majority of people's views on it Mm -hmm. or how they see it. I don't think a lot of people, unfortunately, go out of their ways to understand what something means to them personally uh, and how that might be occurring like that phenomenon or whatever occurs in their everyday lives I think it's a lot easier to see something and be like yeah that's what it is Mm -hmm. and kind of draw your conclusions and form your opinions off of that so I think yeah uh, there is a pro and con to the media focusing on topics like feminism yeah yeah Yeah, so I think we want to maybe talk a little bit about what is feminism really like where do a little quick um 
like history. rundown yeah of the history, history of feminism of where did it come from yeah because yeah, i i did not know <laughs> prior to this <laughs> podcast episode actually i had to look it up yeah we actually did look it up together yes. and we had we googled what did we google we googled like uh <laughs> term terminology like feminist terminology yeah just so we like understood and or we're better equated with the vocabulary really that's used exactly. in those conversations See, this is why we're not we're not i'm never not an expert at all a gender studies professor yeah but this is the right direction this is yeah. why there are the google is there and it was like the first <laughs> like i don't think we even finished typing Mm-mm. the search and google already knew exactly as it knew as it read our mind and i appreciated it yeah. actually was like, it was okay. pretty great because we were kind of stumbling we didn't have to dig deep <laughs> <laughs> the first hit. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about it. Where? What is feminism? Where did it come from? Uh, so there's actually, it turns out, three or four, four. now four. major waves of mm-hmm. feminism. At least within U.S. history. Yes. I mean, I'm sure there is more be- before that first, what we coined the first wave of feminism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there were tons, tons of figures that were... In other cultures, other parts of the world. Yeah, just getting us to this point. Exactly. For the sake of brevity and time. (laughs) Yeah. We'll cover the first wave with you. Uh, The first wave was the suffrage movement. Yeah. So if if you guys remember, women didn't have the right to vote till like, it was 99 years ago. Mm -hmm. I think next year will be the 100th year. Really? Yeah, That's going to be huge. I already yeah. feel it coming. Here, that women were, has been allowed to vote in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Which uh-huh. doesn't sound like a big deal when you just kind of say that, but it's actually a huge deal. Yeah. Because when they passed the 19th Amendment, which was mm-hmm. women's right to vote, yeah. uh, women were considered less property. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what it was. They nev- they were not a person in and of mm-hmm. themselves. They fell underneath the, I guess, representation and ownership mm-hmm. of their the head of the household, yeah. which was the male, the yeah. husband. Right. Right. Yes. So prior to that, there was no voice. There was no... Just like, politically, exactly. there was nothing that outlined, hey, women are people and they have a voice and they're contributing members in our society. Like right. none of that was politically established. Mm-hmm. So even with the 19th Amendment, I think it really, um, really kind of set the tone. Like, hey, women we're are here. here. Yeah. We're 50% of the population. Yeah. And we matter. And <laughs> we matter. We have a voice. Yeah. And we need to exercise our rights in this country because, you know, that's why, you know, a lot of people came come to America mm-hmm. for their freedom and for a place. For opportunity. Yeah, opportunities. Yeah. Here. So I think it kind of, it wasn't perfect. Obviously, the years preceding it, it wasn't perfect for mm-hmm. women, um, but at least this was the first step. It was the first step, yeah. Like politically, legally recognizing yeah. women as people. And just going off of that, actually, even after passing the 19th Amendment, it was primarily white women yeah, who had exactly. that right so, yeah, to vote. Yeah, we're not even touching on colored or immigrant women. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Not yet, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't until maybe about the second wave uh, which was in the 60s. Yes, the 60s is a big, big movement. I think especially with the... There was economic equality that came yeah. into the picture. Yeah. That's kind of where the equal... I don't even think equal pay was a, a thing yet because we're women were still struggling to mm-hmm. find jobs. Jobs, yeah. Uh, professional but that, jobs. Exactly, and I think that's where it tied into the conversation. Yeah. Like, 
what are the gender roles? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are women's roles um, I mean, within like, the family? If Is I think that about even... it, it wasn't even until, like, mid-70s that women were allowed to open credit cards. Oh, really? Yeah. So, meaning, like, if that rule never – if that law never passed, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I know. I and credit's, like, the only – I would Nowadays, have a smartphone, but I can't. Aff- I I wouldn't be able to buy an iPhone. Exactly, you're I not don't... a person until you have some credit in America. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, can't and buy a house. I can't buy a car. Can't nothing. Basically, you can't do anything. But there was a big problem that happened with uh, women voicing that you know they didn't want to fit into traditional gender roles. Um, a, yeah. There yeah. was a bit of that. There was a little bit of uh, pushback mm-hmm. on that end because there was there was disruption happening in the, the, in families. Yeah, like the traditional family nucleus, mm-hmm. which, like, I understand. I think you know people wanting to maintain family values. I think that's completely valid and normal. But I think what was missing was people weren't listening to what women were saying. Like mm-hmm. they felt like. Of course, like when I talk to moms now, like they love their families and they want to give everything to their family. But in in terms of like individuality, yeah. like just to be labeled like you're this is what you do and this yeah, is all you this can is what do. You're for. And this is this is the ceiling that you're at. Exactly. And, and it's just really hard to to accept that when you when are just, something's been a norm for that long mm-hmm. for the majority of human history when yeah. women like that's what women were seen as were just People who give birth, yeah, yeah, to children, birth, uh, which yeah, is awesome, home, you know, and I, I love that homemakers, and, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I am, I'm totally empowering women who decide to support their families mm-hmm. on whatever means, uh, but yeah, but I think it's, it's important to understand the other side of why, like people, why women were pushing back at that during the sixties and seventies, um, why they were pushing back on this like this idea of traditional family values Mm -hmm. because they felt you know their individuality was being they had to compromise that and yeah you know and that's that's really big like if you think of yourself and someone tells you like no you can't be that right and it does psychologically have oppresses you Mm -hmm. you know versus like you choosing to be a stay-at-home right or you know maybe financially it's fine and and you want to Mm -hmm. it's different than being forced upon you and someone telling you like you can only be a secretary you can only be a typist yeah like you can't be an astronaut you can't be a professor like Mm -hmm. that's not your place there's even like I mean I would have to do more research on this Mm -hmm. too but there's a lot of uh people saying even from like a biological standpoint that women are limited in certain ways Mm -hmm. um and I know that there's a lot of studies that disprove that now Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a thing back then too. That women weren't just physically, biologically capable of mm, doing certain that's things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think the third wave of feminism happened in the nineties. Yes. Uh, that's when reproductive rights uh, that came into the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when equal pay in the workplace yeah. uh, was absolutely. Right, because I think that's the natural next step is, hey, like, we want to work and we want to learn and we want to be seen, like, have equal opportunities at work. Mm -hmm. But now that we're in the workforce, we're starting to see, like, oh, there's a gap even here, Mm -hmm. right? We're not not done yet. And so I think the natural conversation is, okay, like, yeah, like, thank you for giving us this opportunity, but why is my work not valued at the same rate as a man who's doing the same thing, maybe have the same... 
uh, years of experience and same schooling. If not more. If not more. Yeah. But, you know, and so that, it just seems like a very natural conversation for the next wave. Yeah. Right there was a lot more like bringing awareness to this bias and the stereotypes and uh, this inequality that was happening. And I think that's what the major driving force behind the third wave was. Yeah. Yeah. And, we're, and it's funny because how old were we? We were like babies when that was happening. Yeah. That's when we were basically born. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, we also start to talk about, um, like, other, other like, other races, like, for women. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of when that conversation happens, mm-hmm. you know. There, and, there's more of, uh, like, women of color. Yeah, yeah, intersectionality is huge. I think that actually leads us right up into the fourth wave, yeah. and I think which that is word, present day. I didn't, I think it was happening in the third wave, but I think there, that term, at least for me, I I haven't heard that term till recently. Mm-hmm. Intersectionality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that there are um, words now that are to being define, exactly yeah, what we're experiencing. Yeah. And intersectionality is basically um, including in the discussion of this person's background mm-hmm. and making yeah. like what uh, ethnicity is this person? Um, what gender do they associate mm-hmm. themselves with? Um, yeah, and all the implications that come exactly, with that. Exactly, yeah, because there's a background. There's a, mm-hmm. it, Nobody fits into a cookie-cutter image of, like, a woman, you yeah. know. There's a yeah. lot behind that. Because I think, like, being Korean, being a Korean woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like we like, said earlier, like, a first-generation Korean-American American woman. woman. There's a lot that comes There's a lot more. That. Exactly. It's a lot more complex than just... I'm a girl. I'm a woman. I'm an Asian girl. Oh, you know, yeah. like, there's a lot, there's more, a lot more. Yeah. There's a lot of that history, a lot of our family dynamics. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so where we are at present day, I mean, I'm sure everybody is very aware, but there's the Me Too movement. The Time's Up. Mm-hmm. That's been very... Which... Bringing awareness to rape and rape culture. Yeah. Body image is a big thing. I've I've been noticing a lot of ads uh, where they're focusing on different body types mm-hmm. and not just one singular, one singular uh, look. Yeah, where thin is attractive yeah, or is. fit is attractive. It absolutely is. But but we're now including oh, like normal like everyone. Yeah, everyone. I don't want to say normal. That's weird. Like they're different. Just, there are different types yes, of people yes, out there. Yes, and, and we're all inclusive. Like exactly. we're, we all, it doesn't make you less attractive. Exactly, and not everybody's body is going to be the same. Exactly. Like, even if you work out every single day of the week, yep. your body and my body are going to look different. Different, and that's just kind that of is how what it is. is. Yeah, and it's just kind of trying to normalize that. Hey, like you don't have to fit this one mold, and you can look right. look however you want, yeah. and still look awesome mm-hmm. and amazing and just to like kind of add on to that i think um there is less of an emphasis or i guess in california or in hollywood mm-hmm. what they're trying to emphasize too is like um the lessening of hyper masculinity yeah and this affects not just women but it's like everyone yeah men and women men and women and i love that that's now also becoming a part of the conversation yeah, and feminism. people are becoming more aware like maybe you know in the past it was very like we are equals and, mm-hmm. and and again like i said because there's this oppressed 
voice that you're trying to convey mm-hmm. you're trying to break through so sometimes you do need to be a bit more forceful and you need to put your foot down but I think now like coming a hundred years mm-hmm. from then we're starting to like hey we don't want to marginalize men in this conversation because they're right just as much like individuals they, individuals and they have a voice and they should be part of this conversation as well like yeah. I think so I think this fourth wave mm-hmm. and title it um, is also more aware yeah that feminism is beyond just female empowerment mm-hmm. but it's like for everyone and it's empowerment for everybody yeah yeah I love that I love that there's like uh, like that every single wave kind of sta- it stacks on each other yeah and yeah. it rides I, off I of each other and I I think that there's um progression happening yeah. and obviously it's going to take a lot of time yeah. for yeah it to actually be integrated yeah. fully into our culture yeah. and, and the way people see messy. Like, things. I think there's a lot that different people, like, they're, you know, I don't experience straight-up sexism mm-hmm. in my everyday life, but mm-hmm. maybe some people do. Yeah. And it's just so different, but... I, mean, I think one, you notice it in different, in different contexts. Context. Yeah. Yeah, I experienced... A lot of sexism, racism, working in the restaurant industry. Mm, yeah. um, I only worked in the restaurant industry for like few a few years. Mm-hmm. I can like count the number of years I've worked in a restaurant industry mm-hmm. like on my one hand. Yeah. But within that amount of time, I experienced so much uh, racism and sexism. Wow. And I can pull up examples of those off the top of my head. And I think... Like what? Like like what? I just want to... Like uh, just very really derogatory good. terms and just a lot of brushing off uh, the any kind of offense yeah. that a female might take. And there's a lot oh, more like, of oh, a... Oh, I'm just joking. Hypermasc- exactly. Like, like that, that traditional hypermasculine mm-hmm. uh, tone yeah. that a lot of the coworkers uh, have. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is... This is going to change and be different depending on where you live, too. Obviously, I've mm-hmm. worked in restaurants in Orange County mainly, but it might be different in L.A., like yeah, in downtown L.A. Totally. But I do think that there are certain industries or workplaces where there's still a lot of catching up to do when it comes to awareness of uh, other people's yeah, totally. uh, backgrounds and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I always appreciate it when men and female, like men and women, when they ask, to learn more about it, mm-hmm. whereas in, instead of, like, coming on aggressive yeah. and hostile, like, well, like, this is just, like, you guys are already equal, like, coming off very strong, mm-hmm. but coming at a, coming from a place where they want to know. Like, of like, open-mindedness. Yeah, like, oh, why do you feel that way? Exactly. Like, why, what, what makes you feel like feminism is still relevant today? Yeah. And, like, just even having that approach, is, it just kind of diffuses any hostility. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. You know, instead of coming on real strong. Yeah. We need to, I feel like we need to bring on like a male guest. Who yeah, has no, like, that'd be really, need, yeah, it'd be a fun really conversation cool. to have in the future. I would love that. Yeah. So let's talk about some examples of uh, women in media or in business, politics, wherever, social media, uh, people that ha- might influence you or mm-hmm. might be inspirational to you that are key players in like the feminist movement today yeah i just think of beyonce beyonce (laughs) i have to be honest i actually grew up like very like in a bubble yeah conservative and so i wasn't allowed to listen to music oh music in general and Uh beyonce kind of falls in that category for me yeah so so no destiny's child for you nope 
Not at all. You don't know who Kelly and Michelle nope. are. Nope. Not at all. That nope. That's so weird. Yeah, there are big gaps for me when it comes to pop, pop culture, culture and music. Uh, but I totally, I, I saw the Netflix special Homecoming. of Homecoming, and I was just like, all right, I'm a, I'm a believer. Yeah. Like, she is queen. She's queen for a reason. <laughs> There's, yeah, she just commands. There's, oh, I love Commands it. the crowd. Yeah. Like, people's attention. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's something about it, some things that, that she exudes as a person. Yeah. And I don't, what would you say that is? <laughs> that I feel like if you, like, saw Beyonce on stage or you saw a live so performance, just, there is something there, about her. It's, it must be an experience. Like, I just. <laughs> I like that you were, that the word ex- associated with Beyonce is experience. Yeah. Like, no one's ever going to be like, Joanne. It's an experience. Experience, you know? <laughs> no. no. Um, yeah, I, I also watched that Netflix uh, special, which was great. And I think it kind of humanized her at the mm. same time, which I love. Yeah. Like she talks about being a mom and how hard it was to even come back. Yeah, balancing to, career and To family. this Coachella stage. And because, you know, when you look at Beyonce, she's like fierce and she's so confident mm-hmm. and strong-willed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just see so much of that. And just to for her to come and be so vulnerable, mm-hmm. being like, I am all those things. And I'm also vulnerable. Right. And I also feel not so confident about how I look or yeah. how I feel. And just, like, being so honest about that, I thought I, I love because you don't have to deprecate yourself for humility, you know, for humility's sake. Yeah. It's life. It's just being real. Like, yeah. it takes a lot like of hard work. Life <laughs> Yeah. On its own. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so you just have to talk about your experience and it's already... I think you being your authentic self is being humble. Yeah. For me, um, I I heard a podcast mm-hmm. with Melinda Gates as oh, a yeah, guest. Oh, yes. uh, on that, yeah. yeah, Jonathan Van yeah. Ness's podcast, uh, podcast called Getting Curious. Yes, I love that podcast. But yeah, I I knew about Melinda Gates as just a, a figure. And of who is Melinda Gates? If if there's a, if there are listeners that don't know who that if is. If you don't know who Melinda Gates is, she is uh, married to Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates, founder uh, of you know, Microsoft, startup guy. Yeah, you know, just an Silicon, average Joe, Silicon Valley. Just you know, <laughs> you Google him later. <laughs> Who's Bill Gates? <laughs> but Melinda Gates uh, is married to him. And uh, Jonathan Van Ness interviews her and about her upcoming book and what that's about and what she's kind of involved with right now. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool to hear uh, from some a female entrepreneur yeah. um, who's working at that level uh, in her industry and is influencing the people around her in that scale. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it. I feel so small just hearing oh. her talk about the things that she's she has a vision for and it's a much bigger uh, scale than what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. But it was so inspirational because it gives me some something and someone to look up to. Yeah, and I think she's using her presence and maybe even her... I don't want to say fame, but kind of like her, yeah, her pre- like media her, presence. Yeah, and some people would use the word privilege. Yeah, which it's it's a weird word because there's there are some negative connotations uh, yes, associated with privilege. Exactly. But I think she's using it to reach audiences. Yeah, like us, mm-hmm. and she's using it in a way that is that will hopefully benefit 
the people who need yeah because help. we all like it change won't happen until we bring it to our our space yeah you know we bring change into what we're what we're, where we're at yeah you know i think that's actually a great segue into why feminism matters oh, to you and yeah. why feminism matters to me Ooh. i well let's talk about it like for me feminism is not something that I grew up with Mm -hmm. as a category in my brain. Yeah. It was not a frame of reference in any way. Mm -hmm. Just growing up as a a Korean American girl. There, I was, I think I became more and more aware that, oh, there are things that women are supposed to do Mm -hmm. or girls are supposed Mm -hmm. to do. And there are things that guys are supposed to do or men. Um, And there, in Korean culture, there are very much clear set gender roles Mm -hmm. uh that's just been a traditional thing Mm -hmm. for a very long time and i noticed it and i feel like there was an aversion to it maybe because Mm -hmm. i just noticed that women had to do a lot of a lot more physical labor in certain areas that i didn't i wasn't drawn (laughs) to like i don't want to go work in the kitchen (laughs) it's interesting because we were talking about this earlier about unpaid labor yes melinda gates actually talks about that in that podcast with uh jonathan Mm -hmm. she talks about how women do what was the percentage like 90 percent more unpaid labor in 24 hours right than a than a male does which includes all the household work um taking care of the kids and it's and it's changing yeah you know when i I talk to families now it's changing just because it's it's so expensive it is yeah so people have to work you have to pull your weight yeah and and i think that's great i Mm -hmm. mean there's some awareness around it but Mm -hmm. just because there's awareness around it doesn't mean the work is Mm -hmm. finished yeah but yeah sorry but yeah no no worries yeah so i i had no context for feminism Mm -hmm. and i didn't so i didn't have like a connection to it yeah so there's a lot of people around me that are starting to identify with that movement and they identify as feminists and mm-hmm. I felt like well I'm a woman I consider myself female yeah. like and I don't I didn't want to associate myself with being feminist or feminism mm-hmm. actually because yeah, yeah, I was afraid of being associated with all the other negative things that are associated with right. it because if I call myself a feminist what are you going to automatically assume like what would you automatically assume kind of like oh, subconsciously like you're angry or you're like complaining. I don't like men. You're complaining. You're like, mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm I'm complaining. very liberal, democratic, yeah. like um, you know, things like things like that. There's just a lot of associations that come with that word that could, uh, that very much is assumed about a person if they were to identify mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. as feminist. Well, and I didn't ex- exactly, and I didn't want to be yeah. associated with that. But this is why I think I wanted to do a little deeper digging mm. because I wanted to see, well, you know, this is something that does matter. There's a reason why this movement started mm-hmm. and how do I personally fit into this picture because I think as we move forward uh, in our, like, I guess in our country, mm-hmm. we need to talk about these things and yeah. um, we need to understand sure. at least yeah. what the context is and how we fit in it. So for you, like... What what's your history with feminism, or how do you relate to it? I don't think I um, considered myself a feminist till maybe later in college mm-hmm. or post college. Like really, kind of grappled mm-hmm. and like made that like no, I am, and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. But really, the foundations kind of were laid when I was really young. So I really think my mom, who also is you know we come from a Korean family, but what's a little different, my mom was always kind of. A little different, mm-hmm. I think. 
Um, she didn't want to be, she wanted to work. She's currently an interior designer and she's doing what she loves doing right now. Um, and so she like really fought for it and I, and I watched her fight for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't easy. I think there were still that old world kind of traditional values that were being put on her, mm-hmm. whether she liked it or not. And, and she felt that pressure, but at the same time, she wanted to establish her dreams and yeah. she had her, her hopes and she wanted that to be like, she wanted to somehow merge those two worlds together and I and it was so painful. For that her. honestly takes so much yeah, courage. Like she so had, much because she went back. So she she moved here when I like I said when I was two, and she was like working with my dad at like a liquor store, um, but she wanted to do something else. You mm-hmm. know, she didn't want to stay at home. I think she, also just financially speaking, like we we needed two two incomes yeah. to support our family, and so she decided to go back to school when like in her forties. Because I was wow. like in elementary school. In her 40s? Yeah, she was. That's crazy. Yeah, she like got straight A's in all of her classes, minus English. I think she got like a D. She's going to kill me if she Oh my she God. Heard, I exposed her great on, on a Mama podcast. Kim. You did she not got hear that. Straight A's. <laughs> with one class, maybe. Not not Dang. an A, but. Props to her, though. No, really. For I think she Pursuing kinda, school at that point in her life yeah and uh, and so I look up to her and, and just with her grit and just her resilience through it. and it wasn't like my dad wasn't really for it yeah and I think just for him it was much more like a tradition like he wanted a traditional yeah. family which is it's just fine you know yeah. but it just didn't match with my mom um yeah so like she kind of laid that foundation for me really uh kind of breaking those gender roles mm-hmm. but also showing me how like motherhood can't is strong. Yeah. It's not this weak thing. It's not something that's like it, it there is a gentleness to it and there's definitely a nurturing side to it, but mm-hmm. it's also like she's taught me resilience mm-hmm. and that motherhood is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so so it was it was good kind of growing up under her because I, she both my parents actually made me be, like they really kind of invested in me letting me don't know, know that I can do whatever I I want to do and mm-hmm. they're they're working hard so that I can become whoever I want to be and so they, like pave that road for yeah. you yeah so awesome. it wasn't per- like my family's not perfect mm-hmm. um, you know we all have skeletons of course in the closet. yeah um but if I were to highlight some things like yeah I, I'm, I'm really thankful that I grew up in that mm-hmm. kind of environment so and then like when like in the media you hear about feminism I don't think I like initially really uh, like associated myself with it because I mm-hmm. didn't feel like I needed to. But then you like learn more about it and you like meet other people. And even though I'm not directly affected yeah. by whatever, uh, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have the conversation. That doesn't mean that right. I shouldn't support what it's trying to do. Right, right. right? And, it's, and it doesn't mean that even though I might not feel it right now, that mm-hmm. it's not going to that's not relevant. Yeah, that or it's not going to come later. In right, life. right. And, and so, yeah, I that's think that's where it happens is when it there's there's like an association and a personal connection that happens went through stories. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you understand how it connects to you, yeah, personally, like and empathy for, is so big. Absolutely. And I think um, like you were sharing, like, thanks for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's because of your mom. It's because there was like somebody in your life yeah. that 
you observed and you saw how they were living their life and why there were certain things that weren't working out. There were like Mm -hmm. certain roadblocks um, that didn't allow your mom to pursue certain things Mm -hmm. at a time or she really was going against the grain to work for uh, her passions or her dreams Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think what feminism is trying to do is remove those barriers. Yeah, It's basically like just, it's a movement that's trying to uh, fight for equal opportunities. Yeah. Equal opportunities for individuals. Individuals, exactly. Yeah. Politically, socially, uh, yeah. In any, in, sphere. in any sphere. So that the the playing ground mm. is fair and so that everybody can start off with the same level of uh, potential. Yeah, and yeah. no one's going to lose out on anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think maybe there's a fear of, like things will be dramatically different. Yeah, or I like the other people so. might be losing out on things so, because, because some people are gaining, and mm-hmm. that's that's not a, that's not that idea is false. Yeah, yeah, it's just fear. I exactly, think, of losing what we already have, but yeah, I I, I honestly don't think. I don't think that's it's true. not going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see where we're headed and mm-hmm. what's going to happen in the next the following decades um, with this movement yeah. and hopefully it is for the better and I do think it's going in a, in a wonderful direction. I think um, there's a lot more uh, openness to the idea of individuality mm-hmm. and I think that's so important. Yeah. 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 So to wrap things up a little bit, uh, Michelle, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, I'm really glad we had this conversation. I know it's something that we've been talking about for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of tying it back to what we were saying, how there was, there's a lot of different connotations, different feelings tied with the word feminism, Mm -hmm. being a feminist. Mm -hmm. There's actually a lot of like subtopics related to feminism that we didn't quite get to touch in this podcast. Because of, it's going to be a really long, long podcast. podcast Yeah. We touched on every single conjunction, you know, Mm -hmm. of that, but. No, I'm, I'm really glad because if anything, just having being able to have this conversation mm-hmm. is really important, whether you feel like you identify with it or not. Um, I think everybody can have a, a, a place in this conversation. I think that's kind of what we were trying. We're trying to establish with this podcast. Yeah, even if it's not necessarily a topic that you're interested in or you gravitate towards, uh, we want to be able to set you up with maybe a foundation. Just so that when these kinds of topics do come up uh, between you and another person or, or in a group setting, that you have some sort of frame of reference exactly. that you can draw from. Especially if somebody just went through something. An experience, an experience. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's some frame of work that you can really, you know base your conversation on it yeah or whatever exactly mm-hmm. well that is all we have for you today you guys made it <laughs> y'all made it <laughs> to the very end thank you so much for joining us by the way and we're so excited to be learning with you guys on this podcast yeah and there's like a lot more so much a lot more that we want to discuss in the future mm. so until next time my name is joanne and i'm michelle and this was don't, don't take, take our, our word for it, for it. Bye, bye guys Welcome to the fact check portion of our podcast. So Joanne and I, after hearing our first recording, we realized that as we're talking, we could 
ramble a little, get carried away, it's which is happen. completely fine. But we want to do our due diligence and be responsible and fact check ourselves. ourselves. Yes. So we want to bring this portion typically at the very end of the podcast. Yes. And that's hopefully what you'll expect. Um, so the reason why we want to talk about feminism in the first place yes. is that sometimes to understand the importance of something, you need to understand how it relates to you personally. And we didn't quite clarify that. We really dove into yeah, the material. Yeah, we just jumped right into without, feminism. Exactly, yeah. without really kind of giving an outline or framework of why, right. why we're even talking about this. Yeah, so we want to just hit... Uh, some points that we think we kind of missed along the way. Uh, the Avengers analogy. I kind of want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Avengers, and we mentioned how a couple of our friends reacted to the fe- the female superhero Pan at the end of the movie pretty negatively, and they called it unnecessary. It was, um, I don't know, what else did they call that? Mostly unnecessary. Oh, yeah, corny. corny um... It didn't really add to the plot. Exactly. That was what they were saying. And I didn't include the points that I had to refute this. Uh, I felt like there were a lot of unnecessary scenes throughout the movie in general. I think Marvel does a lot of things in their movies where it's a bit exaggerated, it's larger than life, and it's totally understandable. It's a superhero movie. But uh, yeah, I felt like there were scenes in there just off the top of my head Uh, There's a scene in the movie, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it yet, but he's talking to a kid playing Fortnite, uh, which is a third-person battle royale type uh, video game, computer game, uh, that everybody's loving nowadays. Yeah, the only thing I know about it is that there's a flying shark involved. Yeah, or a flying bus. But That's like I'm, all I, I know. I know it's a big thing, so I'm sure everyone yes. knows what it is. Yes, it us. was a big reference to Fortnite. <laughs> yes. And he uh, curses at the kid, uh, just yelling a bunch of insults and says, I'm going to shove something up your arse. You know, then that's kind of like his big comeback. And it was supposed to be funny. I get that that was a joke, but I honestly thought that wasn't really necessary. If we're going to be critical about what's important to the plot or not. Exactly. In that context. Yeah. I mean, it was really funny. I thought it was funny, but to your point. Yeah. If we're going to be nitpicky about what's What's funny. Exactly. What adds to the plot and uh, what's necessary or not. I felt like that's just one example of many throughout that movie that didn't need to be there. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the four major waves. I think what we did prior was kind of, uh, melt all four waves together. Yeah. Maybe it's good to sort of outline really briefly what those waves were. Mm -hmm. Just, we wanted to kind of clarify if there were any. If you were confused. Yeah. Exactly. About what each wave was. So we mentioned that there are four major Mm -hmm. waves. The first major wave happened in the late 19th to early 20th century, uh, and it was about the suffrage movement, which was about women's right to vote. Right. So it was a lot about political power, like political equality, which we did talk about. We did briefly. uh, But we just wanted to kind of re-clarify that was Mm -hmm. the main focus focus of that of that wave Mm -hmm. the second wave Mm -hmm. happened in the 1960s to the 90s and the context of this time frame was 
very much the Civil War, uh, or I'm sorry, the Civil Rights Movement. Yes. Um, it was very anti-war because that was when uh, Viet the Vietnam War mm -hmm. was happening. Exactly. So uh, minority rights were huge during this time. Yeah, because I think initially we didn't talk about that. Mm -mm. But um, during the second wave, it actually overlapped the civil rights movement, which yes. was really huge for minority rights. Mm -hmm. So that kind of interplayed together. Yes. So we, we wanted to bring that up. Yeah, sexuality, reproductive rights, those were all things that were uh, big issues during that time. But unfortunately, uh, feminist... Uh, the feminist movement kind of got lost in the in the mix of uh, the focus being on the Vietnam War, uh, black power, and so those were like the big focuses. Yeah, there were a lot of time. things happening during the '60s. Yeah, so it was kind of a wash. Yeah, uh, the third wave happened in the mid '90s, and that's where we get into the micropolitics of gender equality. And what's interesting too is I think this is where people started to reject the notion of feminism or yeah. this word feminism and being associated to like being a feminist, which right. is kind of what we talked about in, in our, the podcast in, yeah, in yeah. Our episode. Yeah. We talked about how there was a lot of um, like the people who are most audible and visible were uh, radical feminists. Uh, the ones who go on marches, the ones who are portrayed on media as these extremists and man-haters. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, the pendulum swung to one extreme. Exactly. Especially in the period. 90s, and there was a lot of, it kind of spread into different, I don't want to say interpretation, but kind of. People had their own sort of way of how they wanted to pursue gender rights mm -hmm. without by disassociating themselves with this word mm -hmm. feminism. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of happening in the 90s, which I thought was pretty interesting yeah. to look at as a whole. Yeah. Uh, equal pay and reproductive rights were still big focuses, and um, they were pushing for that during that time period as well. And then it brings us into the fourth wave, which is, uh, it, I think uh, we looked it up, and it said around 2012 12. into modern day. Mm -hmm. uh, and the silhouette of this, wave is still kind of up in the air. Yeah, we're still, still living kind in of it. Muddy. Yes. And uh, a lot of the points that we brought up in the episode, mm -hmm. still relevant. Yes. Uh, but just to kind of clarify, it, it moves from just talking about women's rights mm -hmm. into gender equality as a whole. Yeah. So this kind of ties into other big movement, a uh, big movements that are happening right now, uh, like the LGBTQ uh, community and their movement and push for equality and it ties into all of that uh, intersectionality is a big push right now too so it's no longer just about women but the focus has become for all genders and people of exactly like different backgrounds. and it's and, and we're touching on this unconscious bias that we mm -hmm. may have collected throughout the centuries mm -hmm. Um, whereas the other movements, the prior movements, were very politically focused. Mm -hmm. I think this all today's movement really focuses on our awareness of of what equality sh looks like and what that means to us. Yeah. All right. So that brings us into our next point. Uh, women being biologically weaker or lesser. So I believe I mentioned that in towards like the latter portion of the podcast, I said that th I wanted to do just a little bit more research on this. And there is a term called biological determinism. 
Uh, and long story short, what that kind of entails is uh, the belief that women are biologically structured differently than men. Therefore, they are not qualified or should not be in certain professions because of the way that their body works or their hormones or their emotions or whatnot. And that, that affects their behavior. Therefore, they should not do certain things. Their brain structure is, is basically different is what they are pushing. There. And this was um, mainly adopted during the 70s, like this idea. 70s. And I still think that that's... Even today. Yeah. In modern day, that that's like a belief that's kind of in somewhere in the back of your mind. All right. We also want to talk about intersectionality. Oh, yeah, so we brought up this word and we kind of brushed over it really quickly. We talked about how we're a lot more complex than just being a girl. Yeah. There's our identity as a Korean American, mm-hmm. our first being first gen first gen Korean American. Yeah. So and we never really got to talk about that. And what that means to us. And yeah. so we want to, we kind of want to tie that back in, like our main point. What is, how does it mean, how does it connect to us personally? Right. Because if you're Korean American, you know exactly, or you might know exactly what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. for people who aren't, it could be like, what does that yeah. even mean to be a first gen Korean American? I would say um, having immigrant parents, it kind of puts you in this almost like a, uh, what is that word where you're like interpretive mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. so you're interpreting not just the language going back and forth between korean and american and trying to bridge the nuances of just right. the language it's even culture culture so yeah. you're kind of in this you're the bridge right and so there's actually a lot to it that you're thinking about yeah i actually did like a bunch of paintings about this when i was mm. doing my portfolio for college mm-hmm. uh back in the day um, I remember there was growing up, there was a lot of struggle between me and my parents when it came to communication. Um, and I think that it did come down to the nuances, the differences in values and traditions. And I think for me as a kid growing up, I didn't understand that, uh, there are differences there. I think because I was so used to growing up with certain, uh, cultural things being a norm, and then seeing a dissonance there when I would step outside of my home and go to my friend's house or go to school and seeing how the relationships and how people relate to each other, speak to each other are different there. I didn't quite know how to bridge that gap. Yes. And um, just a few stereotypes surrounding Korean families. And this is what we talked about, like traditional values. Mm -hmm. Typically, like the men are the head of the household mm-hmm. and the women are seen as more of like a stay at home. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of this is changing now just because even even in South Korea, a lot of things yeah. are modernizing. Mm-hmm. But you have like one breadwinner and we have one caretaker out that's at home and then you have like kids. Yeah. And you and, typically the caretaker is the woman. Um, and then and, they have to, yeah. but beyond that, you, there's not just taking care of your immediate family, but it's your in-laws. So yes. that's actually a huge thing. I think what's different with like American culture and, uh, and Korean culture is mm-hmm. Koreans, once they get married, the in-laws are very much in your life. It's a very communal culture. Yeah. And, and a lot of um, like firstborn men, they typically like carry their parents, like they live together mm-hmm. and that's like completely normal. Mm-hmm. It's not To weird. be living in one house yeah, with yeah. your relatives or with your parents. Exactly. It's not a weird thing at all. It's very yeah. normal. 
Um, so there's kind of that dynamic as well. So you're like living in the same yeah. space as your in-laws. So I think that's also kind of something that's a little bit different from American culture. Yeah. I don't know why I rejected it so much, that whole idea, because I felt like I felt like seeing um, my white friends and hearing like later when I was in college, oh, like my parents kicked me out when I was 16. You know, I'm like, what? When you were 16, I was like still getting fed by my grandma at home, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> that was normal. But for them, uh, or at least uh, a lot of my white friends, I felt like there was more of a push from their family for individuality yeah. and um, self-sustenance. Mm-hmm. And that that is just like a, what is that, a 180 degree difference mm-hmm. from yeah. what we value um, coming from yeah. Korean exactly. uh, values and traditions. So with that said, what we want to talk, what we're trying to convey is that mm-hmm. intersectionality, there's a lot of different dynamics that are happening in an individual. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that we have one identity. Mm-hmm. There are many different things at play that layers a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, especially with, I mean, there's so much to even talk about being a first gen Korean American. And maybe we could talk about that on like another episode. Right. But for this, for the point of this, we just want to convey that there are different layers to an individual exactly that, that are at play. And that's why feminism isn't just about, oh, women's rights and only women or uh, just certain things about women um, like being highlighted. But it, there's a lot more complexity to the issue that should all be considered, um, which is why I think there's equality mm-hmm. is, yeah. is important. All right, so next point. Okay, so I realize that when we're talking about like iconic feminists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people or celebrities that we we know, I brought up Beyonce, and I think we kind of fangirled pretty Just hard. Just fangirled hard on Beyonce, and <laughs> and, and I then totally went, moved missed, on to the next point. <laughs> yeah, I totally missed why she's yeah. an icon. I'm just like, oh, Beyonce's an she's experience. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But I think she represents, you know, she's such a powerhouse for minority women. And Absolutely. She I wanted to point that out. Yeah, she's a black woman from the South. And she was in that Homecoming uh, special that we we referenced. Yeah, she on even, Netflix, by the on way, Netflix, if you haven't seen it. She says she's the first black woman to headline Coachella. And that's like a huge mark. That's a big mark. deal. Mm-hmm. That's a huge achievement and mark yeah. in our history. So I think it it's important to point that out yeah that she's a successful businesswoman who fully embraces who she is mm-hmm. and her identity and she empowers other young females oh young and old yeah all around yeah absolutely i also want to give a shout out to ali wong i was just realizing oh. the other day i i think she's a really good example of an asian american woman uh who is I, I would say pretty relevant in pop culture right now. Yeah. Um, she's def- She just came out with a new movie. What is it called? Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. With, uh, the, I don't Randall, know. Randall Park. Yeah. Park. Apparently they've been friends for like, wow. really good friends for I'm about 16 years now. Go see her in October. So I'm pretty Her show? Yeah. You got tickets? Yes. Oh, shoot. So excited. I was not able to get tickets for that. Uh, my friend definitely pointed that out though. So if y'all... Y'all get a chance. Go see her. But yeah, uh, Ali Wong. She's, I, she's such a good example of just um, 
representation in media and she was saying in an interview that i was listening to that she's kind of sick and tired of talking about representation at this point Mm. you know i understand uh but it's also she was saying it's also cool to see that you know well like when you think of a halloween costume and you're this asian girl you don't really have to spend a ton of money to dress up as ali wong for yeah. one of her stand-up, uh, <laughs> stand-up co- exactly. Uh, just find a striped dress in your closet yeah. and a pair of red glasses, and you're good to go. Shove Thanks. a pillow up your dress, yep. and you're good. <laughs> All right, so we also wanted to clarify, because I think mm. we've kind of brushed on this point, too, but who is Melinda Gates and who is Bill Gates? Yes. Because she's not just simply the wife uh, of... Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> I want to re-clarify that she's yeah. more than just the wife of yeah. this man. I mean, it it's fair we brought it up because he's such such a prominent figure. Yes. But definitely Melinda Gates is an intelligent woman on her own. And she is. we really want to let everybody know how amazing she is. Yes. So just to clarify, she identifies as a philanthropist. She used to be a, the general manager at Microsoft which is where she met Bill Gates. Uh, she co-founded the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Which, by the way, is the world's largest private charitable organization. Wow, wow. The world's wow, wow. biggest. <laughs> yeah, and so I would say that's a pretty big accomplishment mm-hmm. and a big mark to leave. Uh, and she just came out with a new book. Um, I'm failing to remember the name of the book right now, but go ahead and check it out because she does talk about empowering women through education. Uh, she does uh, touch on a lot of different uh, points that are relevant to this topic as well. And while we're on this topic, I think I mentioned that she said women work 90% more of unpaid labor. I think you threw a percentage out there. I threw a percentage out there. (laughs) I got confused. I'm going to admit it. Yeah. Don't worry. I hopped on that train with you. (laughs) It was actually 90 minutes a week. Yeah. So just to clarify. 90 more minutes than a week. Yes. A a week than a man. Yeah. Doing unpaid labor. Yes. Okay. So to clarify, if you don't know who Bill Gates is at this point, you really do need to get out from under that rock. Just kidding, but not really. He is a pretty famous American businessman, investor, author, philanthropist, humanitarian, but he's best known as the principal founder of the Microsoft Corporation. Yes. I wish I could throw in a gif of when Windows 95 came out. Yeah. Because it was pretty lit. Lit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm thinking of Apple when I think of... Microsoft, but do you remember what the logo was in like the nineties of Microsoft? Mm-hmm. It was the Windows, like the it red, was just the red, yellow, blue, green. <laughs> so you know, yeah, the, the window. Yeah, the okay, little the little wavy flag. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm confusing it for Apple. Woo, big, Apple, uh, big thing to confuse Apple it with there. Apple. I just no. I, we had a computer that was literally a box, and the logo was a face. Oh. Yeah, it what? was like a stick Wait. figure face. That was what we had. And we used floppy disks oh. to like save floppy information. Disc. That was our first computer. I wish we didn't throw it out. I wish I could turn that on and play all my uh, children's <laughs> uh, uh, was, was that educational Oregon, games on Oregon Trail? You know, I did not play that game. Um, yeah, you I died grow, of dysentery, so you don't know. That is actually a very like traumatizing and inevitably like sad 
But it game. was the truth, you know. Truth I guess, yeah. Is I guess painful. Is. I can't believe they used to use that as a teaching tool in school. <laughs> Your wagon is broken. <laughs> All right. So we just want to end this fact check portion with what feminism means to me, Joanne, mm. and what it means to Michelle. Uh, personally, to me, I mentioned before, but feminism was a term that I was very much averse to and did not know much about uh, because it was not relevant to me. There, I had no category in my brain to fit feminism into because it was not something that was talked about or taught to me by anybody in my vicinity growing up. That was things that I was exposed to through media, but... I grew up very uh, conservative and religious, and so that was very much outside of the picture. And most of my focus and knowledge had to do with religious things. And so I think uh, just who I am now, being a 26-year-old woman, modern day, uh, I decided it was a, it was my responsibility to kind of look up what that means because it's very much a relevant topic today, and it's beyond just popular culture, it really does affect my life. It will affect the lives of future uh, women. And I felt like, you know, I need to do my due diligence and look up what this is. And once I started understanding that it really is a push for equality, not just for women, but for it's just behind everybody who doesn't have that equal playing field. Uh, I think I started to see where that touches in my personal life. And it became a lot more meaningful to me. So I don't want to call myself a feminist necessarily uh, because I think putting labels on people, Mm. it unfortunately does come with certain associations, but I do stand behind the belief of uh, pushing for equal rights for everyone. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of similar on the track where feminism to me is now so much more, it's about equality as a whole. Mm -hmm. And to me, it means recognizing our own biases Mm -hmm. and also recognizing the journey that we had to come to get to this Mm -hmm. point. Um, There's still a lot of gaps and I think it's important to be very self-aware and at least have this conversation. And feminism to me is like just very simply Mm -hmm. um, equality socially, politically, uh, in your workplaces, Mm -hmm. Um, wherever it is culturally like it's just equality across the board mm-hmm. and I think it's really important to have this conversation and to really look into yourself mm-hmm. and understand where your biases are and how that affects the world around you and the people around you yeah awareness big yeah thing. it's a huge thing I yeah. think that's I think it just we want to yeah we want to create a world that is inclusive of everyone yeah. and everybody is valued mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Because we add value wherever we are. So what what would you, would you consider yourself a feminist? I would. That's cool. Yeah. I would say I am. Is that something that you say with like confidence now? Cause I, I do. I think you did mention before that you, you were kind of shying away yeah, from. Yeah, I think because I also, you know, and, and I, I go to church. Mm-hmm. I'll be like very open about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you go to churches in um, Christian, okay. like a pres- like no, 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 Protestant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it could there's it could get lost in that kind of world, and and the word feminism could 
be viewed negatively in some and in some people's minds but I really want to break that I wanted to show that it's not just trying to shake up any sort of value system but it's really being aware of how we're treating each other yeah and if there's any unfair biases that are blocking people from really fully reaching their potential Mm -hmm. and that's what it's about Mm -hmm. more than shaking up anything core beliefs right 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 and I'm sure there's a lot of other things to it that we can unpack, but at least for myself, like yeah. that's why I I identify as a feminist. Yeah. Well, you're definitely a woman in my life that inspires me, Michelle. <laughs> so thanks for being on this podcast with me. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for bearing through this uh, entire segment with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are so many exciting things to come. I just want to kind of throw out there that we have a creator series coming up. Oh, yes. I don't know if that's going to be the official title that we call well, it. Well, for now. The working yeah. title is creator series. Yeah. But it's basically going to be a, a segment where we bring on different guests who work uh, with different creative me- mediums to express themselves. Uh, it's a, it's their craft. It's their passion. And we want to interview them and kind of dive into their world right and learn more about it because i'm there's so many things that i don't know much about Mm -hmm. that i like i would love to learn more about Mm -hmm. me too all right guys that is all that we have for you today thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on the flippity flip bye bye